When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. Now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland with Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every morning live on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow, mixed with tequila and wine. On an empty stomach. Thank you guys for joining me on a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and every single day at 9.45 a.m. It goes live on Instagram just for a short walk to Cleveland. And now find it on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Just search for a long walk to Cleveland. All brand new episodes, new clips, all sorts of good shit. All you got to do is find it and subscribe. Cool enough, right? Uh, big show today. We'll get to that in just a moment. A couple of things coming up. Uh, I'm going to be at Gutty's Comedy Club, the uh, club in Southdale here in uh, Edina, Minnesota. That's going to be coming up the last weekend, January 28th and 29th. And then I'm there again, uh, Super Bowl weekend as well. So it's going to be featuring on both of those weekends. Should be fun. I'm not sure exactly who I'm featuring for yet. Uh, Kyle, who is the owner, proprietor, and the sweetest man on the planet. That dude uh, gave me a call today and said, hey, man, uh, we kind of had a, uh, a kerfuffle, a, a kerfuffle, if you will, when it came to scheduling with uh, one of their features, and dude had to bail. So he's like, uh, since you're down the street, why don't you come on in, man? And uh, I was there last night, actually, hosting their show, and it's fun to watch jokes from other people that you know work well, and then to watch them try to do clean versions of them and have them hit. I love that, man. God, I love that. Uh, but other than that, yeah, uh, Z-Fest right around the corner. Been filming around uh, some Z-Fest films, uh, messing around with a couple of teams. So if you want to check out my film, which won Louis Anderson's favorite award last year at uh, the 2021 Z-Fest, you can find that on the YouTube page as well. And then uh, a couple other Z-Fest films that we did. If you can't kill your friends, who can you kill? It's not a statement that's actually the name of one of the short films that we did. I think that one's my favorite. I liked Raising a Daughter because it was award-winning, but I really, really liked If You Can't Kill Your Friends, Who Can You Kill? Because that was so inspired by the show Barry, which I just loved, and I don't know if it's coming back to HBO, but get your shit together, HBO. God, put out all this garbage weird stuff all the time, but then you got to hit like Barry and you bury it. No pun intended. But let's get to it. A long walk to Cleveland. Today we sit down with a very funny guy here in Minneapolis. Uh, he's been around, I mean, just pounding out open mics and shows and, you know, doing the run to Fargo and coming back. And, you know, I mean, it's all this guy does is work, 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 work. And I love his motor. Something to be said about guys that got a lot of grit and determination. And this gentleman definitely has it. So he's got a cool story. He's from here and... Every time that uh, I get a chance to hang out with this guy, he's always just so inviting. You know, we had a show at Sisyphus Brewing one night, and afterwards he's like, hey, man, you, uh, we're going to have some people back at the house for a bonfire, a couple drinks. Why don't you make your way over? And I don't know. As a 41-year-old in the game with a bunch of kids that are like 
25. <laughs> it makes it tough, but he definitely is one of these guys that welcomes you with open arms every time. Please, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a long walk to Cleveland with my very good friend, Grant Winkles. I'm sorry, you were saying you work where again? Sisyphus. Oh, that's right, at the brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right on, man. How long have you been there? Uh, on and off for like four years. No kidding. Yeah. What were you doing off uh, <laughs> those times? Nothing. <laughs> Being unemployed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was pretty cool. Right on. <laughs> just trying to do comedy? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. It was just, I, I worked at other breweries, other restaurants as well mm-hmm. in the meantime, but then, yeah, they just have, both of them are out of business now. I have like a curse where everywhere I've worked is out of business, so. No shit. So, I'm coming for Sisyphus. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> What were the other two places? Uh, there was a brewery called Twelve Eyes Brewing in St. Paul, yeah. Lower Town, St. Paul. Okay, and it was just a rough location, um, no parking or anything. So they yeah. ended up going out, going out of business. And uh, Butcher and the Boar in downtown Minneapolis. I worked there uh, since I've started at Sisyphus as well, and they went out of business during the pandemic. So no shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We went to a bachelor party there, and everyone's like, "It's amazing." And then we yeah. walked in. I'm like, "Dude!" And the food was absolutely stunning. It yeah. was so good. Yeah. And then we got the bill, and I was like, "Is that for each of us? Like, that's two hundred and thirty dollars <laughs> for each of us." And it like, was, wasn't it? it absolutely. Oh, yeah, yes, totally. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the guys that we were with were like, "Oh, we're gonna split Ben's tab," and I was like, "Okay, what's Ben's tab come to?" It was the the groom, yeah. And they're like, it's like four seventy five, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, man. Like, holy shit! It's I was the like, whiskey bar and their food was super overpriced as oh, well. It was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good, but yeah. for some ribs, it was like sixty dollars for ribs. You can't, you can't. Fuck no. no. Who's good? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't know. Like, I get we're downtown Minneapolis, but yeah. we're also fucking Minneapolis. I know. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. it's there's a weird thing with Minneapolis restaurants where the like the nicest restaurant here is still you can wear jeans to it, which is fine. I yeah. like it, but they still do like white tablecloth prices, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, but you know, I don't know that, that no fine restaurant can can survive in Minneapolis. It seems like it's, no. it's all like it's all things like butcher and the boar. You know, it's all like just we want to have whiskey and. Like I said, you want to be able to wear denim there. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for anybody listening, you probably hear my dog walking around. Speaking of annoying, sometimes I got to get his not him being annoying his nails, because every time I got a family member that comes to town, she looks and she says the same goddamn thing every time, and it's uh, look at those nails. I'm like, are you <laughs> yeah. fucking nail shaming yeah. me with my dog? Passive aggressive all nice. the time, all the time. <laughs> you a beef stick guy? Uh, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Please. <laughs> what do we What do we Help got yourself. going on here? So this is uh, this is shot this year. Okay. Straight up venison. Okay. Uh, shot right. in northern Minnesota. Got these made up Von Hansen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is. Uh, it's all uh, jalapeno and jalapeno cheese. I think these ones are. I can tell by your face. They got a little kick to them, don't no, they? Yeah. yeah. I, I also was like. Chewing right on the mic. Oh, no, you're good. Oh, you're good. Yeah, I don't Do your care. listeners like that? I don't care. That's yeah, yeah. fine. I feel yeah. like we're smoking stogies yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was late enough in the day to get some whiskey in us too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's one sixteen. I, <laughs> I got beer if you want one. Sure, let's have a beer. <laughs> Are you gonna have one? Well, if you're gonna have one, I can't say no. All right. So, what do you want? Um, what do you got? Uh, let's see. There's. There's natural light. Give me one of those. You want a natural light? Oh, yeah. but it's, 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 I think it's the 
strawberry lemonade Dude, kind? I was actually just thinking I want to try one of these. Oh, well, this is perfect. I've never had one. It's been in my fridge for how long? I'll try one with it. This is awesome, too, because this is like, this is what you want to drink during the day while the sun's yeah. out, you know? This will yeah. go well with my coffee. Yeah, having an IPA at 145, probably not going to get you through the day. But one of these, yeah, for sure. Not that I'm a stickler on coasters or anything. I just feel like that is, it's like the classy yeah. thing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, cheers, cheers. bud. Right on. Yeah, yeah, right on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for coming. So, start out in Minneapolis, born, raised. Where are you from? I was born in Minneapolis, uh, not far from here, actually. Um, Abbott Northwestern Hospital. My okay. um, all, all my family's from here. And then, as a child, my parents moved us out to uh, Stillwater, Minnesota. So, 20-minute drive from here. They wanted to raise me and my brother in the suburbs. Uh, you know, that was, the, that was the, the move back then. I think it still is a move for a lot of people now, but... As soon as I graduated high school, I came back to Minneapolis, and I've been here ever since. Graduated Stillwater High School? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it like out there? Uh, very uh, Republican. Um, Pretty white. Very white. Very yeah, white. I think, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, synonyms there. Uh, I think it, it was the – here, this is the best way to uh, encapsulate it. It was the district that Michelle Bachman uh, won – uh, undefeated ever over and over. No we, shit. Yeah, yeah. We were her uh, her home district. Also, like there was always this this thing that it, people said it's basically the richest one of the richest counties in the entire country. So you know, just lots of wealth, lots of old Victorian mansions and stuff like that. It's yeah. right on the Saint Croix River, super scenic and and picturesque. But uh, so that was a high school I went to. I grew up in a in a little kind of smaller town near Stillwater called Lake Almo, which is just a little old farming. Totally. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. My, uh, my old boss or bosses, or I should say company owner lived on the St. Croix out there, you know, fucking owned the biggest yacht and, you know, north of like whatever the Gulf of Mexico or some shit, you know? So yeah, Yeah. it's nothing but money, which is like like that. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm totally okay with. Like, I don't mind so much like when people have money, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan when they don't let others in. Like yeah. I, the coexist bumper sticker in fucking Apple Valley drives me nuts <laughs> because I'm like, you guys are all about fucking coexist until it's time to let people come coexist with you. Yeah. And then you fucking lose your shit about yeah. it. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You can't totally. say fucking coexist and be like, we're all, all welcoming here. And then the second that, you know, Minneapolis goes, Hey, by the way, we got a couple kids that could probably benefit by going to Apple Valley high school. Those parents lose their fucking minds about it. And I'm like, it's not fair. You can't say, you can't be such a hypocrite about it, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, that, that shit drives me nuts. But so you guys move out there and then elementary school, was it like private or did you go public? No, it was public. Yeah. yeah. That was probably, that I would guess, I feel like I've heard my, my parents say it. That was probably their main uh, thoughts moving out there. It's a school district type stuff. Even though I think, I don't know, I don't, Minneapolis, I guess not, not great for public schools but also not horrible i don't Mm. i don't know but uh yeah it was it was a good experience you know i there was enough like-minded people it's it's a lot of wealth and a lot of kind of like that republicanism like enough to elect michelle bachman but also we're close enough to the city and stuff that it's not complete uh you know rural farmland you know it was 20 minutes to get into saint paul so there was stuff to do and and a lot of open-minded people as well as uh shitty republicans <laughs> sorry if you have a republican listener base no no no, no it's <laughs> as fine. i'm eating venison yeah, and yeah, drinking yeah, natty yeah, light yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. i don't even know if you're a republican or not dude shit no uh 
you know, it's funny because as I've, I've, it's weird to see, I'm still in the same spot I always was, except for where I was, the, the boundaries have now changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. everything that I was for, I'm still for, but now people look at me and go, you're way conservative. And I'm like, not conservative, not mm. at all. Like nowhere near all the shit that I really do care about. The shit that people should be caring about is like, uh, first off, let's not fucking spend our money terribly. Let's mm-hmm. not waste it. Let's have good programs in place, which I'm all about. And, yeah. You know, um, if there's, you know, when people are complaining about, oh, they're fucking giving $600 a week to fucking people on unemployment. I'm like, good. Yeah. Fucking let them. Yeah. We should be doing that. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, it's awful what's going on right now. And the fact that we, there was a whole group of people that were like, these guys don't deserve that money. I'm like, bullshit, man. Yeah. Fucking these people, that's all they have is either hourly jobs or jobs with tips. So yeah. fuck, man, give them a little bit. Plus, what is it going to make a difference right now? You know what I mean? Like you, you help them out in the next six months. It's not like this is going to be a recurring thing. Trust me, old white fucking rich guy. You're going to be just fine. Yeah, <laughs> so, who's doing fine yeah, already. Yeah, you're going to be fine. All so right. yeah, but it's, uh, but it's weird when like you kind of take some shit because like, I don't know. I, being at the age I am now at 41, when I hang out with like 22 year olds, um, who look at me and they go, you're the fucking problem. And I'm like, no, 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 we're on the same side. Yeah. The problem is you guys are fucking pushing us out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, knock it off. Cause you're going to start losing people. I think yeah. it was Sarah Silverman who was like, Hey, fucking everybody on the left, bring her back a little bit. Like <laughs> let's stop fucking killing our own, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. Both sides are just the dumbest. <sighs> it's the dumbest conversations in yeah. the world going on right now. And it's, <laughs> it is, um, I feel like it's always going to be like that. No matter what, there's going to be, and I already feel it. I'm I'm about to turn 30 and I feel uh I do feel uh connected to younger. There's a lot of young comics and stuff in the scene right now. I hang out with a bunch I guess you know 25-year-olds and stuff. Sure. There's um but I you can definitely feel as you age it's just like, "Oh, this is just this is a natural uh thing that's happening." It's not even really about uh, some of it's definitely got to be about personal things about you and me, but yeah. for the most part it's like when they are turning our age, the same thing is going to be happening to them. It's all no matter silico. what. Yeah. yeah. It's all silico, you mm-hmm. know. There's a joke I do about uh our kids our, our parents did it to us with Led Zeppelin. We do it to our kids with the Foo Fighters. Our kids are going to be telling their kids, "You kids ain't never heard Wet Hot Pussy?" Yeah, you know, you like go. it just yeah. it keeps moving, you know. That's that's always the cycle of uh-huh. it. So, uh-huh. Cardi B. Yeah. There's going to be a 9-hour documentary about Cardi B that comes out like the lost <laughs> the lost footage from the Wet Ass Pussy <laughs> sessions. Yeah, right. The people will be dissecting <laughs> it just like by Peter Jackson. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what uh what are the folks like? Were they cool with uh, you uh, being unemployed here and there every once in a while trying to do comedy? Uh, they're always trying to push me into something more reasonable, of course. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, not not so much anymore now that I'm, I, I just have said no enough. <laughs> um, no, they're 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 supportive. They come and see me every once in a while, but yeah, I think I would. Uh, I don't know it. I think I can I can relate, or maybe not relate, but I can sympathize with the the point of view that you wouldn't want a loved one to get into this industry necessarily because it is it's hard to wrap your brain around if you're not doing it yourself because uh, it is I, I i always imagine from the outside it must look so strange what what we do uh you know going out every single night and not getting paid for a lot of it especially in the beginning and then 
I always have this thing of like when I used to go to open mics every night of the week, I, I still, I mean, I don't really, I don't really mic as hard as I used to pandemic kind of probably caused a lot of that. Uh, but going out to bars and, and like, I don't know if you did the grumpies open mic, probably you did. Oh, like, dude, yes. Wait, yeah. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. it was exactly. Yeah. But so, oh, yeah. so when I, when you're starting the, for, for anybody listening, that was just, it was simultaneously like the best comedy open mic and also the worst comedy open mic, which a lot of them are. That's basically what a comedy open mic is. It's good and bad at the same time, but trying to describe spending the night at grumpies waiting to do three minutes for two people at one in the morning on a Wednesday and then describing that as work is uh it's hard i think for for somebody who's not there to really uh absorb that information truly for what it is even for me because it's like yeah i'm also it's fun and i'm like you know you, yeah you're you're you are drinking at a bar on a weeknight but also doing it for your craft and for to hopefully get work paid work some somewhere down the line so that kind of thing i i definitely it's taken me a while to communicate all that to my parents and then also kind of not not care if they are trying to push me into other stuff the the main thing is that like they're supportive now so yeah 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 what uh what do your folks do uh my mom is a nurse and my dad is uh he's this is funny my dad i have no idea i he they're together he's had a nine to five job my entire life but it's one of those things where it's like yeah my dad has a job it's like he i think he's an electrical engineer is what i always said but it's i never have like he went into sales it's just i feel like it's that little kid thing of like yeah my dad just works I yeah don't, i don't really know he goes he, away comes back shit yeah. gets paid for i don't ask questions yeah i know? don't think yeah. anybody truly knows what their dad does unless their dad is like a cop or like a plumber you know it's yeah. just he's just gone for the same amount of time every day and just gone and uh sometimes we go camping like, yeah, yeah right yeah. he likes to fish you yeah. know yeah I usually don't. in those situations it's like a cia <laughs> operative or something oh, yeah, but yeah. yeah but like no he just fucking he works at the plant yeah. i don't know yeah you know? he works at that mysterious gray headquarters in lake elmo minnesota i assume he's some sort of uh, electrical engineer I or don't know. it's like a stranger things yeah. situation yeah. going on yeah well that's cool man right on what about uh about brothers and sisters or anything i have one brother uh he is older than me by about two and a half years his name's jack and he is also kind of this no he's a construction manager so he uh i think his main thing is like overseeing installing solar panels or something big solar farms on kind of industrial levels he's got a a wife and two kids and got everything all sewn up by now he's it's like he's got the life of like a like a 50 year old guy but he's two years older than me so i i always contend that that probably had a little something to do with my parents trying to push me into a different uh a different path as well it's like one with the older one has it completely ironed out and figured out and then me it's like uh, yeah I'm, I'm at grumpy's yeah <laughs> i'll be at the bar it is weird doing my work yeah right <laughs> it, it's it's weird that whenever i i used to maybe i i understand it a little bit more now but Years ago, I would see people that would just go to their job and then come home at night and they would make dinner and they would get the house clean and they would turn on the office and they'd watch three episodes and then go to bed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what kind of fucking fulfilled life are you leading? Like, how can you do that every day? I, I, I don't get it. Like, why aren't you guys trying and striving for more every day? And now that I'm on the backside of the other half of life, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I fucking get it. I wish I'd have done that more or figured out a way because I think... For some of us, 
the grind is so long and it's so hard and it's so instilled in us every day that if if you're if you're watching TV, you ain't writing and somebody else is. No, yeah. If you ain't doing push-ups, somebody else is. If you ain't working on your website, somebody else is. And that it drives us nuts. So yeah. I get like when people are the age between 25 and 32 and they go out and they go to a club and they meet somebody and they, they're like, oh my God, that person is so funny, blah, blah, blah. Well, what they don't see is the shit that it took to get to that point. Yeah. So they're like, I, I love hanging out with you. You're so great and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. then six months later, they're going, what do you mean you're going to <laughs> yeah. fucking Terminal Bar on a Thursday? I thought we were going to sit down and watch a movie tonight. And you're like, well, I got a show this week and I want to test some shit. And they're like, they just don't get it, yeah. you know? So, but I do understand the starting to pull back. I just couldn't understand it at a young age. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, there's something like incredibly appealing about it, but also I think if I, I, I probably, it seems like statistically everybody gets there in stand up too. It's like you, you reach a point where it's like either you're hanging out still or you're, or you're, you're going in home and watching the office, which is fine. It really is. I don't, um, I don't know. It's just I'm still in the, the phase where I'm like obsessive over it. So yeah. it's like I can't I can't if I'm not I take a couple nights off a week for sure. Uh, and that's probably a product of the pandemic. And that's nice, honestly, because I uh, I live with my girlfriend and it is important to have time set aside because otherwise you can't have relationships doing this. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, the amount of stuff that I've missed with between uh hanging out with my girlfriend uh hanging out with my friends my my non-comedian friends who i used to be very tight with i still am but i just see them far far less hanging out with my parents uh my my family it's you do it i can see why if if you aren't still feeling the the real pull to be in this life why how it could be just one day really easy to just completely break it off and be like no i'm going back to actually having a life because you really are missing it just like not even necessarily the huge moments in life you probably are going to miss some of those but even just the small stuff that uh, and you literally are missing it to hang out in a bar until one in the morning to bomb your ass off in front of three people so but it's it, it is part of it and I don't know. It's it's weird too because stand up is such an odd. I guess it's not that odd. Most things have it, but you have to fail very publicly for a long time unless you're kind of a uh, a wizard. You know, there yeah. are some people who are really good at it right away, uh, but most people that I've seen, it takes years to really get a footing. You you can have a funny three minutes, and then that's the only three minutes that you have for the next two years, and then you're still just figuring out how, how to be funny. I'm still figuring out how to be funny and it's never ending. But for those first couple, for the first two or three years for me, it was just, I was so, so, so bad. And, uh, so especially all of that layered on top of it. And then if somebody does come out and see you and they're like, he sucks, oh, like he's, this is what he's working towards. Like this is the thing yep. that, that he spends every night doing and he still sucks. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I, again, I have to imagine it just looks very foreign and, and almost psychotic from the outside, but yeah. you know, at a certain point you, you punch through, you get some wins here and there and then yeah. you get some more confidence and then, you know, 
I don't know. There's, yeah. there's momentum and shit. Yeah, it uh, it's funny that you say that because I think when you first start out in this game, you're so excited. This game. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, man, I got I to gotta let everybody know. Come to my mm. show. And then they see it and go, holy shit, yeah. you know? And That's I, when you change your Facebook profile to a picture of you doing stand-up and stuff. Yep, it's like, yep. yeah, people got to know. Yep. People got to know. The only person I've ever been around is, that I've always – he did it the right way, and I was so impressed by it, especially later on, because uh, Gabe Noah. Gabe Noah was the guy. Gabe. I, I remember hanging out with that dude, you know, 12 years ago at Grumpy's, mm-hmm. and – uh, there'd be people that would be recording sets and I would be seeing, you know, and the shit, I think even like MySpace might still have been around at the time when oh, we yeah. were still doing this, you know? Dane Cook was blowing up. Exactly, yep, yep. And he would, uh, somebody would go, hey man, you want me to record your set and I can give it to you and you can put it on whatever? And he's like, no. And I remember the somebody had asked why and he goes, dude, I'm doing this for a year before I tell anybody. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like that's fucking, dude, because I made that same mistake at that age because... Growing up, I had so many like, I mean, it took me eight years to get to where I really wanted to be in radio. So mm-hmm. when I got to it, it was like, well, that was fucking not that bad, you know, yeah. but I was, I was on a huge radio station. So in my mind, I'm like, I can fucking do all this, you know, ah, whatever. Yeah. Give me a mic. I'll go do stand up and then eat shit hard. Yeah. And at the time, man, because of like, w- you know, what I was doing in the community, I was rolling with like Minnesota Vikings players and shit, and like they were my buds, <laughs> and we fucking hang out. Were they coming out to the open mics with you? No, they weren't coming to open mics, oh, but God. I did. Um, I did a. Uh, I, Jesus, man, what was it? The twin was it the Acme's funniest person contest? I can't remember what it was, but Andy Kindler was the. I remember Andy Kindler was the headliner, mm-hmm. and Chris Cluey and. The punter? Yeah. All right. Because I remember hanging with Chris afterwards, but I don't remember the other two guys that we had brought with us. He he was like known as a radical dude, right? He's a cool guy. Yeah, he used to play in bands and shit. My band would play with him. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he was cool, man. And he still is. Like He's an activist Mm -hmm. and still does shit. And we fucking, we're at the show, packed, man, sold out act. And you're performing on this show? And I'm on that show. Okay, all right. And it's all my friends, all my family, Yeah. you know, fucking Andy Kindler. And I, I love Andy Kindler, mm-hmm. and he's great. And we fucking talk before the show starts, and he's, like, super cool. And uh, do you know Eric Allen, a comic who was here in town for a long time? Uh, I don't, Okay, no. so Eric... Eric was one of mine and Tommy Ryman's old buddies from years back. Okay, all right. And... You know, love uh, Tommy. Oh yeah, fucking awesome. And yeah. he is. Uh, he, you know, he's like getting me all pumped up. He's like, "Fuck, this is gonna be great, man. We've been working on this shit. Like, go out there, you're gonna crush." <laughs> I walked out there and fucking ate it oh, hard. No. What happened? Ha- I, I don't know. Fuck things up. My cadence was off. I Were couldn't you nervous? Find ri- yes. Yeah. So fucking nervous. Yeah. Fucked up. Like I, I was stumbling over my words. I forgot punchlines. I forgot tags. I was just, you could see it in me, man. Yeah, yeah. And we got, I got off the stage and I was sitting at the bar and it's like me, Eric, maybe one or two other people. And you're in that, that cloud where you're just like, fuck. Yeah. What happened? Mm-hmm. What happened? God damn it. I was, I worked so hard. Like, why did that fucking just fail yeah. miserably? <laughs> and he goes, Eric says to me, he goes, hey man, listen, um, I know you probably think it fucking sucks right now. Obviously it does. But, hey, I'll tell you what. Ask Andy how, you, how he thinks it went. Because Andy will tell you exactly how it went. Because he's a comics comic, and he, he wouldn't bullshit you. And I'm like, 
that's a good idea. I should probably ask Andy. Andy, what Andy thinks. So while oh, we're sitting no. at the bar, I look o- I look down the bar, and I see Andy Kindler walk out from like the green room area, and he's walking towards me, and I, I look at him, and we both make eye contact. He doesn't say a word, and all he does is go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I was man. mortified. Yeah, Eric was right, but that was horrible advice of him to yeah, tell right. you to Yeah, right. Yeah, go, go ask the head. Yeah. What do you thought? Yeah. Even if you crush in front of a headliner, you don't no. want to talk to him no. about it. It's like just there, you let them do their own thing, unless you're buddy buddy, but especially if you're like on a contest night. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it was so, I don't know, it was so dumb. And it was like, what the fuck were you thinking, you idiot? Yeah. <laughs> but that was like, of all like the lessons I've learned in comedy, like that was probably number one, the biggest lesson. Which was what? Was that, was like, hey man, uh, you have to fucking work at this. Yeah. You have to. So you weren't, uh, had you been running that set at all before that? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. So, even so like, you had been working. Yeah. That, right? For like six I mean, months. Oh, shit, yeah. man. Like yeah. I had like really, but like, because in my mind it was like, well, dude, I'm already at that place. You yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. fuck, I'm already. Yeah, I'm on the radio. Yeah, like, I, I I'm, got a thing. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a guy. I got credits yeah. and these, these open micers don't. Meanwhile, they're <laughs> sharpening their knives every yes. single night of the week. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's uh man, I always you just gotta think about those bartenders at Acme on those contest nights because they must see some of the most dejected open micers, some of the worst moments and for the lowest stakes. You can do like 'cause I had uh I had an experience very much like that at the at the Acme contest uh, probably four or five years ago. I was I think it was my first or second time in it. Maybe, maybe my, I can't remember. I've been doing stand up for maybe a year and I hadn't done the contest the first year. I did it and I had been working on my set and I had some people come and the set went really well. I remember it, I think I had to take a break. I, I, I broke my leg or something, so I hadn't been doing stand up, but I went out. I was still signed up for the contest, so I was like, I'm going to do the contest. I haven't done a set in a couple months, but I'm going to do the contest. So I went out that week and did ran the set maybe once or twice. Horrible, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was just at other open mics. And then uh, I I got up there and the reflexes kicked in and I did well. And I was like kind of kind of doing like really well, you know, and I was at a point where I didn't do really well very often or almost ever probably. But it's like an Acme crowd, you know, you're prepared so if you're prepared and the crowd is hot at Acme or in like any good room, you're going to kill, you know, and, and if you and if you don't have the the mind blanks or whatever, if things go right and you are prepared, even with two or three jokes, you're going to kill, you know. Yeah. And I was and I just like lost track of time and I ran the light and they cut the mic on me like while I was still, you know. Mm. riding very high and i was i was at the point where it was like i wasn't i wasn't good enough or aware enough about anything to be monitoring my time i totally which looking back now with some experience it's like that is the number one thing you should be worried about in that scenario absolutely and especially at acme which is notorious for for being very strict about stage time especially if you're lower on the totem pole you can't just run the light there they'll cut the mic on you yeah and they did and the guy comes over the god mic and he's like gotta gotta watch that time you know and like i just i didn't even know it was like you know my whole bottom half just fell out of me and then uh Went went to the bar and just proceeded to drink so much. Yeah, and didn't go back in and watch the show. Uh, Mike Lester was featuring that night. Who like it's funny now because. 
the people who I was there with, it's like I was so brand new. I wasn't friends with any of them. I'm friends with all those guys now. No, no way they remember that because it's like just a blip. And now yeah. it's like the same thing for for me. I, I don't. You don't even pay attention to these things, no. but for me, it was like just this horrible, uh, you know, kind of like you said, the cloud of just pain and, and shame, even though it's like it was a good set and stuff. And the manager came out to me or I was just sitting there, you know, sad, sad drinking and, uh, you know, commiserating with the bartender who didn't want to hear it. And, stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and then the manager happened to come out and she was like, yeah, that was you up there. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, ah, it's. Too bad you you ran your light. You definitely would have won the night. And I was just like, uh, yeah. That's, like again, that's the me looking at Kindler and just being like, why wow, I didn't even yeah. want Like I wanted that pain, but I also should not have. A, you flip the rock over, and it's just not good. You know. Yeah. It's like uh, so yeah, but th- that has to be an incredibly common occurrence uh, at oh. that bar during the summer when the, the the contest is running. I I actually ran the contest at Sisyphus this last year. Uh, with Courtney Baca, Sisyphus Brewing. Uh, there's a, I don't know if you've mentioned it before. There's like an independent comedy room there, and uh, I help run shows there. And um, that brought back some memories because I saw some people going through it after whatever rough sets, running yeah. the light, not not getting the score that they thought they were going to get. I mean, comedy contests suck so much. They oh. really kind of do. It's, yeah. it's. I think it's overall good for like comedy in general because it gets people checking out comedy for the first time like people invite their friends and stuff mm-hmm. so that's good to get a new audience in but as far as like the health of the comedians themselves the mental health and the the health of the scene yeah. uh, you know bad comedy uh, comedy contests are not good for, abs- for no, right. like yeah. the people doing them yeah because <laughs> it r- really what it does is it pits comic against comic and then in in a very obscure way yeah. that, and it's completely subjective it's completely up to the audience it's completely up to who you're going up against uh it's just there's so many variables in stand up in general to try and quantify it and after running the contest just see it's like damn dude there were like 20 people who could have won that and we didn't do any of the judging or anything so it was the same kind of thing of like tallying the scores and being like all right well 75 percent of the time the judges are correct and then the other 25 percent you're kind of just like somebody's getting somebody's getting stiffed here yeah and you know that's just how it is. Yeah. And every once in a while, it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, somebody will win one of those things. And I'm never that guy that goes, that fucking guy doesn't deserve yeah. it. You know, when I was 27, Oh, yeah, you maybe, are, Rudy. When yeah. I was 27, <laughs> and I've said this before. Name names, Rudy. Yeah, well, when I, and actually, one of the reasons why I got into comedy was because, because of Tommy Ryman. Because mm. when I first saw Tommy, Tommy Ryman, Tommy was not good. But- Obviously, Tommy. In fact, I just listened to his special on Spotify going to bed last night. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, he's fucking figured this out, right? He's so funny. So funny. But at the time, you know, we he sucked. I sucked. Eric sucked. Like, we mm-hmm. were just starting mm-hmm. to get our, our feet wet. And I was like, I could be fucking funnier than that guy. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward six months later, and Tommy is, you know, substantially fucking funnier than I was. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. You know, like, it's so hard to... Um, to be able to like catch up and then you have these guys who go out and they they win one of those contests and now you are dealing with like a fucking dude who talks about it nonstop. Yeah. And you're like, ah, see guy, like, dude, not to like talk shit about other comics, but hey man, you were the best of the worst tonight. Like that's <laughs> yeah, all yeah. you were. Like that's all it was, man, because the people that have 
uh, a little bit of clout or have been really working hard are past this already. And hopefully they will get to a point where they will look at people doing these comedy contests and Mm -hmm. go, I remember doing that. I'm glad I don't have to be there anymore. You know, it happens every once in a while. You get that one dude or that one gal who wins and you're like, oh, fuck, could we not hear about your fucking comedy contest yeah. anymore? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, it's been five years and that's still that's still what you're, yeah. what still, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, hanging your hat on and it, you man. You shouldn't be talking about yeah. that. There should be something between now and then that you, you, you're happier with. Or, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, some, some people come to mind for sure, but it's like I said, it's there. I think ultimately they're good for stand up as a whole because it's uh, you know, that you do them in the down summer months where people aren't coming out and yeah. you get a crowd. Normally lots of times there'll be some of the best crowds you'll ever go up in front of uh, are, are the, the ones at Sisyphus have, were like some of the most amazing crowds you've ever seen. Dude. Just like packed, so hot, and everybody kills. Yeah. That's what makes it hard. What makes that room so much better than some of the other rooms in town where even like the people that are brand new that have never done comedy can get up on stage and if they have seven times rehearsed that set mm-hmm. in a mirror, they will fucking crush. Yeah. What is it about that room? I don't know. There's uh, there's a couple kind of predictable things. There's, uh, I think, the intent. Uh, Sam Sam Harriman, the owner there, uh, set out when he first opened Sisyphus to make it a comedy club as well. Mm-hmm. So that room is specifically designed by, uh, he did comedy at the time, so designed by a, a stand-up comic to be a good comedy room. I think that's number one. The bones of that room are like perfect for comedy. Um the the also the audience there's there's a uh, not a built-in audience but there's definitely a group of people who uh come out to that show like they there we have people who come to the open mic every single week yeah. and watch Courtney and I and and Khadijah Cooper and uh we host it and they are there every week and they go with us on whatever we they laugh at our old shit they laugh at our new shit uh very supportive but then also i think just it's got a reputation as well, so yeah. it gets good people. Uh, all the all the killers in town come to to Sisyphus, and that's great because we consistently can get these insane lineups. I like two weeks ago, the lineup was basically like every headliner in Minneapolis was at Sisyphus for the open mic. I felt bad for all the like newer open micers because we were making the list and it's just like, Oh, Greg Coleman is here. Mike Lester is here. Robert Burrill's here. Brian Miller's here. Nate Abshire's here. Uh, Emily Galati's here. It's like, there's no chance for any newer people to get on that yeah, lineup. Totally. And, and if, if I wasn't hosting the damn thing, there's no chance I would get on it. It's just really cool. Uh, so we have the support of great people in town. We have the support of the scene and also out of town people like uh, Jeff Asmus was just in town this weekend and he comes through a couple of times a year. He's from Chicago and he just destroys every time he comes through. He said it, he said he's always on the road and he said it was possibly the best room in the country. I mean, I don't I think maybe best independent room possibly, sure. but like, you know, Acme comedy on state there are bigger better clubs but there's something about it it's just a little bit of magic yeah it's for whatever reason man yeah. you know like you just mm-hmm. you walk in you can you almost feel like it it's a character unto itself yeah when you walk in you almost kind of feel like holy shit like there is something that goes on in this room you can feel it yeah. you know just the way yeah. the, the 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 tables are the way it's set around the stage like i don't know what it is but man it's, it's small you know maybe 100 people can fit in there yeah if there's 100 people in there it's packed like yeah standing room only and 
Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. Yeah, the the open mic on Thursday nights is like fuck, dude. It's one of the hottest shows ever in in the scene for sure. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of a decade and a, some change ago of Acme's Monday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that fucking night, dude. I'm not kidding yeah. you. I mean, dude, that place used to be. It was sold out every fucking week. Yeah, yeah, and and I I go to Acme. Acme's on Tuesday night now. I go to Acme every every week, and it's uh, it's still incredible and awesome. But the crowd is much more uh, hit or miss as far not as like whether they're good or not but just the amount of people there and that's yeah. also probably because they moved it from Monday to Tuesday Tuesdays, yep so I know it's hard to when people go to something on a Monday night for however 20 years 30 years Acme just did their 30th anniversary it's hard to get people that same audience to be like okay this is Tuesday night now and then the pandemic and stuff all that so I think you know Acme is awesome and it's a great room as well so we're spoiled to have like and then the comedy corner underground open mic too we have three like really good club mics in town which is pretty cool yeah yeah shit yeah man Mm. yeah you know uh obviously like I was just in New York a couple weeks ago and I mean every fucking corner everywhere you go there there's I mean, if you're willing to stick it out for three hours, yeah. you can get your three minutes, yeah. you know, but uh, but for what we have here, you know, for the size of town, the size of the town we are and for how many comics there are like, oh, we've got a fucking nice man. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the reasons. And I'll just like completely admit it that I'm like spoiled enough to not have to go to every single open mic anymore. Yeah. It's like because I, I help run the, the show at Sisyphus and uh, Comedy Corner Underground, too. So it's like. And then I, you know, I go, I go to Acme every week because that's like, you know, that's that's the spot. That's the place where you want to be. That's where I want to get hired and everything. So uh, go there every single week for sure. And then get enough stage time at other good mics so that I can. Uh, yeah, I can give myself the night off on a on a Monday or a Wednesday if I want to. You know? <laughs> Won't name any names. Yeah. What? uh uh, what about high school? Did you kind of already know that you were trying to go down a creative path uh, in high school, or was it? Not really. No. I mean, maybe creative, but I had no idea this was where, where I was going to end end up, uh, and, you know, who knows where I'll, I'll go from here. But uh, Did you grow up liking stand-up? Not, you know, like kind of, but it was not a integral part of my life in any way. I was yeah. always a comedy fan, but not so much... You know, I, I wasn't somebody who lived and breathed it constantly. I... I always gravitated to it. They were probably like my favorite types of movies, you know, Dumb and Dumber and all these sure. things. Like very Caddyshack. Well, lots of these movies were what I loved, but I was not like, oh, I I think I think Dane Cook was my pretty pretty much my introduction to stand up. Some you know you have those like cool people in your life who show you cool shit like uh, I got introduced to Dane Cook. That was like my peers. It was like, you need to hear this. And then it was like, okay. I think I was in high school or maybe junior high. Um, and then my older cousins showed me some David Cross albums. Oh, the, you know, Shut Up You Fucking Baby. Or oh, something. yes. I was going to mention yeah. that earlier, yeah. too. I can't remember what we were talking about, but he does all oh, the bit about, you guys, this kid is in $500. Yeah, 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 yeah. like that's mm-hmm. totally fine. Yeah. I love that fucking record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah both yeah. of those. And then I think with the other one's called It's Not Funny. It's Not Funny. Um, yeah. Yep. And uh, I heard those. And then I was kind of like, oh. Like what the what the hell is this? You yeah. know what the what's he doing here? And then you know from there it's like w- kind of weird because uh, I guess it was at that time it was so much political comedy because it was he was doing super political stuff and he still kind of does but 
uh, even for like those were huge records and like they were just all about fuck George W. Bush, you know, like it's kind of interesting because it's I guess it's kind of like that now, but it's things have gone so off the wall and alt and stuff. It's not really just straightforward political commentary anymore. But then I started listening to like Lewis Black and uh, and then I ended up that's that was probably my my real entry into like kind of learning what stand up was and and realizing a little bit i know it's 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 cliche and stuff but kind of having that realization of like oh these these are like the people in society who are kind of doing like a philosophy type thing cuz they're totally, not you yeah. know like with music i was i loved music and stuff and i was always much more of a musician than like a performer or like a i wasn't a theater kid i was more like i wanted to play guitar and i was in the orchestra and choir so i was a performer but um, you know, music doesn't have, I was always way more into like the riffs and stuff. I wasn't listening to like rage against the machine being like, Oh, they're political, man. You know? Sure. So hearing like Lewis black, yeah, just absolutely going off about the war in Iraq. Yeah. I, w- I was like, Oh, uh, okay. Like maybe he's introducing some new ideas, maybe uh, like new points of views that you don't get just as a kid growing up in Michelle Bachman's district. You know, I wasn't, Mm -hmm. I wasn't a young Republican by any means, but I was very much unaware. I was like, I was interested by like the hippie movement and stuff, but I was never had like a cogent political philosophy. It's like, I liked the music. I liked the Beatles and stuff. So then I was like, okay, I'm a hippie. And then, you know, smoking pot and stuff. But, uh, I didn't even through college, I didn't, ever have the urge to perform stand-up comedy i did not know this was where i was going um i think i i really started when i was like 24 or 25 so i i you know i've only been doing it for about five years mm-hmm. uh and what what actually got me into it and it's so i even like cringe to even admit this but it was like listening to podcasts really and it's now this was this this is cringe too it's like the I was in like the first generation of comics who got into it because of listening to podcasts. Now it feels like like podcasts are so ubiquitous. I mean, uh, we're on a fucking podcast right now. Yeah, they're so ubiquitous that it's like, uh, just, it, it's it's very easily accessible to everybody now. It's like that's all the clips on Instagram. It's just like yeah. it's it's completely part of the culture now. But I was like, I listened to Comedy Bang Bang in the first couple of years, and it, that was the first in my adult life thing that again kind of blew my mind again of like oh my god they're doing like like comedy that i didn't know was possible yeah to be this funny in the moment improvising and just conjuring these worlds out of nowhere and then from there i got i started doing improv classes uh it took me forever to convince myself to do it. And then I became aware of the, the local stand-up scene. Sure. We had huge. Uh, yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And brave new workshop as okay. well. Yeah. So, and then it was funny. Uh, what, in one of my first level classes at brave new workshop, Tim Harmston showed up one time and he's like, yeah, my wife, uh, my wife bought me, uh, improv classes. Cause she thinks I, I could do improv. And if you've ever done an improv class, you know, that's like most of the people in there. It's like, Oh, I'm doing this for work. Or like my wife thinks I need to get out more. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then our teacher was like, you're Tim Harmston. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so you've been on Letterman. And he's like, yeah. And then I was like, well, what the, yeah. And then, 
even then it was like I was so much of an outsider that I didn't I didn't realize till much later I was like oh Tim Harmston is like you oh, know the biggest like him fuck, dude. and his wife is Mary Mack who they're yeah. probably the two biggest uh, stand-ups oh. in in the Twin Cities right now fuck, and dude. A, a decade ago when they were at Acme yeah. every Monday man it yeah. was like you just waited around to watch them go back to back tandem mm-hmm. and they would just fucking level that room yeah, yeah. level it you amazing know? And you're really like, funny fuck dude yeah you know so now even, i was in wisconsin dells with my daughter uh at a gymnastics meet and right across the street at a theater was tim and mary oh awesome and i'm like i'm fucking yeah i don't want to be that weird guy who calls tim like hey what's up buddy How yeah. yeah i don't want to be that guy because yeah. i've seemed kind of weird and I was with family and shit. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, you know, my mom was kind of like, ah, could you just take a fucking weekend yeah, and yeah, not yeah. go do your fucking networking and shit? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Fuck, I'm sorry. I'll yep. stay home. But it was just like, it's great to just like travel the Midwest and see their face on giant fucking billboards oh, and yeah. stuff. You're like, ah, it's so cool. Yeah, you they're, know? they're yeah. awesome. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, so I was doing, doing improv for a while. And then it would not even really, you know, it was always just like a toe in, just being like, I want to see if I can do this. I want to f- figure out if I can be funny like that. Yeah. And, and then that basically just led to, I think at that point, I was definitely kind of wanting to do stand up. And, uh, the, the improv scene in, in the twin cities is not very robust. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's a good scene, but there's one place you can do it and, um, you can do it like once or twice a week. If you're lucky, if you have risen to the top and I wasn't anywhere near that mm-hmm. and, uh, with that place is huge theater and it's a great theater. I performed yeah. there a lot, you yeah, know? totally. but it's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I would say you don't have the level of, uh, freedom of expression there i'm not saying they would censor anybody <laughs> but yeah, i know what you're saying some of yes. the things that i say in yes. my in 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 just any one of my jokes might uh really be off-putting to to them over there at huge theater which is fine yeah i just knew i reached a point where it was like i i can't perform here because i probably won't be invited back now, if i d- if, if i you, talk my shit like i do yeah do you know tiffany norton yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next time you see Tiffany, ask her about getting asked to leave Huge Theater. Okay. Yeah. It's fuck. I want. And, and I don't want to ruin the story because yeah. it's really good. But I'm telling you, I'll have her on the podcast. She could tell it one time. But she basically said something in a class, and they were like, "Get your shit. Get the fuck yeah, out." Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, that I, I do think that's fine if you want to be like that. It kind of sucks that you're the only game in town and yeah. you're doing that. Um, but also who cares it's it's improv it's it's fine they're hilarious it's it's a great improv theater go there if you do want to see improv in the twin cities because there are absolutely dynamite improvisers there but uh for what i was wanting to do is like i need to take my uh i I need to take my wares elsewhere and uh and then also just that and uh that wasn't even the main thing the main thing was the stage time it's like yeah if you're lucky you might get a run at huge theater with your improv group once every three months. Sure. Of, of you might be able to do six weeks of Wednesday night shows or something, and then with stand up, it's like, well, you can go out and do multiple sets a night every single night if you totally. want to. Totally. Yeah. So that was that was a pretty obvious choice. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So what? Uh, so this is going to come out after the new year. Okay. So it'll be like around I don't know, probably first second week of January. Mm-hmm. What uh, What do you got cooking after that? Uh oh uh let me see here let me pull up my uh I know it's funny to ask people like 
we work so hard to get dates and then when we get them they're like what day is that thing and you're like yeah. uh fuck you know what i'm not i don't remember uh, the 16th maybe and they're like it's, it's the 18th now and you're like shit i know i know it's 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 uh i definitely have some stuff oh um so i have one weekend booked for sure in january uh i'm going to be uh featuring for mike racine at sisyphus brewing um that uh, Friday, January 14th, and G- Saturday, January 15th. Microscene and Evan Williams, two uh, really oh, yeah, dude. New York comics are coming through and co-headlining. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, some other stuff. I don't just go on my Instagram at Grant Winkles. I'm always posting my, my dates and stuff on there. So good, man. Yeah. Shit, Hopefully yeah, I'll dude. have some more stuff lined up by, uh, yeah. by then. <laughs> well, thanks for eating venison and drinking natty lights. with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So how we end the show is uh shake of the day. Okay. Okay. You played before. Uh, is it, what is it like six, five, four or something like that? Or what sort of, yeah. Okay. So it's not, but in this one, it's kind of like Yahtzee. Okay. Right. So Whoever I'll roll the dice. No. So you play again. So I'm the bar. You play to win the pot. Okay. So okay. every time a guest comes on, they throw a dollar in. Okay. They get an opportunity to win the pot. All right. So, uh, I roll the dice sixes. Okay. So now you have to roll five sixes. You get three chances. <laughs> Oh, shit, I know, right? And it's crazy because like people go, that ain't that hard to get five of a kind. But now that it's a specific number, it's fucking mm. difficult. Yeah. All right. No sixes. No sixes. All, All right. right. It's a fu- it, uh, it's a lot harder, man. Like my daughter, every time we play, she will pull back the pot and be like, ah, fucking you guys. To try it like 12 times. Ah, oh, nope. dude. Ended with two. Two sixes. Eh, that's all right, man. That's all right. What? I'm furious. Th- thank you for the contribution. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Right on. Dude, this was great. Yeah. By the way, we've been playing since I opened this place. So I bought this house like a year and a half ago. We've been okay. fucking playing. Dude, nobody has won the pot. Here, I need to take some change out. Oh, yeah. We got change. Nobody's got yeah, a yacht yeah. yet. Oh, there's dude, a $10 there's, bill. Oh, yeah, man. For sure. Like, <laughs> When my daughter gets to be 16, I'm going to have to put a lock on this thing because I got a feeling she's going to be fucking hammering through it. So, yeah. But right on, man. Well, cool. Thanks for stopping by, bud. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me, Rudy. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.